Welcome to the Don't Call Me Skinny podcast. I'm your host, Coach Sarah J with CP Fitness. I'm an online nutrition coach and trainer who tells it like it is. I work with women all over the world through my online programs. Each Wednesday, I drop an episode dissecting diet culture norms to give you the facts and reality of nutrition and fitness and how they fit into your world. The current diet culture needs to be revamped, and I'm here to set it straight. My passion is teaching you how to take control over your nutrition, fitness, and overall mindset with my no BS approach. Please remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only and should never be used as medical advice. If you like what you hear today, I'd love for you to leave a review, a rating, share it with a friend, and as always, please keep coming back for more. Thank you so much for joining me today. Let's do it. Welcome back, you guys, to Don't Call Me Skinny Podcast. Coach Sarah J here, and I have a very awesome, exciting guest. Well, I think she's exciting and awesome, so I'm sure you'll think she's exciting and awesome, too. Um, I have Maddie Martinez here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, Sarah? Doing good, good, good. Uh, thanks for joining me today. Maddie um, is a, I'll call her a friend. I've never met her before, but that's okay. I feel like the day of the internet now, we can be friends and we don't have to meet, right? Like. Yeah, that that's a thing. Um, and so she's a good friend of mine who is also a fellow coach. And today I had her on the get on again. I can't even talk. I have her as a guest today. Um, we're going to talk about some some shifts she's making in her own business. And and I, I really, truly think that what we're doing, a lot of people are shifting out of this whole like weight loss realm and more of a breaking the brain and really honing in, I'm just becoming an amazing person. So I'm going to let you talk a little about who you are, where you're from, how you got into this coaching space, and uh, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, so um, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so I've lived here my entire life. There's nothing crazy about that. Um, <laughs> okay. I've been... Yeah. I was going to say, how close is that to Hershey? Are you close uh, to Hershey? You or know what? I know, like, in high school or in different maybe surrounding areas, they would, like, you know, take trips to Hershey Park. I don't think it's that far. I've been to, quote-unquote, Amish country, but maybe I'm terrible. I don't know. Like, 45 minutes, an hour, maybe oh, more than that. Awesome. Okay. All right. Sorry. That was – I like chocolate, so that was all I have about that. Okay. Moving hey, on. I've so- been there. It's, I don't remember much. <laughs> okay. but- <laughs> so it was a stellar trip, obviously. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Still memorable. Um, all right. Okay. So Pennsylvania lived there your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've been in, like, in fitness my whole life. Um, I was a gymnast. I uh, swam. I ran track. I did all those things. Um, and then I didn't get into, like, actually lifting and, like, thinking about, like, lifting weights and learning how to do things until I, like, discovered CrossFit. And that was in high school. And um, kind of from there, are you wanting, like, the whole thing, how I became a coach? Yeah, like, let's hear it. Like, I'm interested. Okay. I also didn't, um, I didn't but- realize you were a swimmer either. Yeah, yeah. For how long was that? In elementary school and then a little bit in the middle school. And then when once you get into gymnastics, I was also a cheerleader and a dancer. You have to like decide, yeah. is, this, is this it? And it was like we were practicing 24, 25 hours a week. So you don't have time for other sports. Gotcha. And that's your life. So I kind of gave up everything, which I somewhat regret, but, you know, it was good. <laughs> and then uh, that's how I, you know, got into, I was a swimmer once and then got into there. But then I started 
CrossFit in high school um, with my track coach told me about it. Um, and then I was kind of hooked ever since then. And it wasn't until one of the uh, CrossFit owners of the gym I was going to was like, you would be a really good coach. And I'm like, what? Like, and I, you know, started at this gym, which was all adults. And I was, how old was I? I was 17, I think, 17 when I started. And so it was kind of like, you know, I'm like with adults who are like in their 30s and 40s. I'm like, oh my God, you know, 17 year old. And then later on, I became a coach. And uh, what was I doing with school? Um, I had ambitions to become a registered dietitian. And it really worked out for my favor that I didn't go down that route. route. But later on, I was going to Akron. Absolutely hated Ohio. Hated, did not know <laughs> hate on Ohio people, but just Ohio, Akron, Ohio was just not it for me. That's so funny. <laughs> um, I'm from Michigan, so we just hate Ohio. So <laughs> that's just that's, funny. that's just us. <laughs> yeah. So I was coming home. I was going to transfer to Pitt for dietetics. Um, and in the meantime, I got really sick, like really sick. I couldn't walk anymore. They thought I had um, Lyme. They thought I had everything possible except for like an autoimmune disease. And so in that happening, I took off from school. So I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I can't walk anymore. It was just really bad. Later in turn, I, they find out I have psoriatic arthritis. So I don't know how familiar you are with like autoimmune diseases, but they're just very like, we don't know. I don't know. You have this. You have that. We don't know. You're lying. You're only 20. You don't have that. You know, you're fine. Yep. It was yep. a lot of that. And I was just getting really sick. And you can imagine, um, I literally turned 21 and I can't get off a chair. Like that's how bad it was. Like my boyfriend, now husband, literally had to pull me off the chair because I couldn't get off of it. And it was like a deep couch, like on my 21st birthday. And I was like, is this my life? And that's kind of where I was. I wasn't really able to coach CrossFit anymore. I was just like coaching by sitting on a block and like directing people because I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. So it was really like this terrible point in my life where I was, I thought my life was over and I was 21. I can't walk. I don't know what the hell I'm doing with my life. And, uh, and that was just like very in depth, very quick. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But, um, my now husband was basically like taking care of me because I didn't want my parents to know how sick I was. So I was staying at his house a lot. And he was like, you can't keep doing this. You are 21. What, what are you going to do with the rest of your life? I was like, I don't know. I think I'm just going to like vegetate and be a vegetable. Right. And so I kind of made a decision that I just was like, I can't keep doing this. I was in this spiral of doom, essentially. Doctors giving me uh, finalities of you need to be on this medication for the rest of your life and X, Y, and Z. And that's like, this isn't like a precursor to say I work with people with autoimmune diseases. This is just like literally what happened in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I got through it all, finally got to the other side of things. Um, I'm in quote unquote remission, which is just basically like you're medicated and your symptoms are, you know, stalled out for now, but obviously much healthier now. Um, and uh, finally, when I started feeling better back to coaching, um, my sister was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. And so I ended up going to RMU, which is Robert Morris um, local and uh, for health service administration, because my my credits transferred. That's why. <laughs> my mom was like, this would be great. My mom means so well and just wanted to, like, help me out. And she's like, you would be great at admin. I'm like, you know what? I would, because I love directing people. I love being, you know, bossy, you know. Mm -hmm. I love doing that stuff. And so I go there. 
And then in my first semester, my sister was like, you look, you need to like actually think about coaching for real, like really, really doing it. You love it. You love helping people. I loved helping people on CrossFit. That was just my favorite thing to do. And so I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do that. So like one semester into school, I'm like, well, I'm going to start a business. And my sister helped me get it off the floor because I had no idea what I was doing mm-hmm. with anything really. <laughs> and so that was 2018 December. And so since then, I basically hustled having a million jobs at once in school at the same time. Then I started working at another gym when that CrossFit gym closed down, was trying to become head coach. That didn't work out. And then I found another gym, became head coach there and thought, you know, putting, I, I think for a long time, I thought I couldn't do it on my own and that it would be too hard. And so I was just like, yeah, I'll be head coach at this gym. Like, I love group fitness. No, I don't. <laughs> but I certainly do not. And then I, you know, was trying to do both things at once and my decision was made for me. And uh, I haven't like publicly said this, but it's, it's funny that it's like come around to this. But like I was basically like let go a couple of days before Christmas because I didn't make a decision. You know, I was trying to help this person with their gym, run my business at the same time lines were blurred it was just like you know and that was that so now I'm a year yeah over a year full-time small business owner working for myself only and um I guess through that there were like also like I was very focused on helping anyone everyone I would help anyone everyone men ladies you want to lose a ton of weight, you want to focus on this. And that was fun because, you know, everyone wants to lose weight. Mm-hmm. And then I was really found that passion for like, I want to help women get strong and teach women like how to lift. And I was told like, you're going to scare people off by saying that, you know, people want weight loss. You can help them with weight loss and then convince them to get strong. And so I worked off of that for a good amount of time. And I was like, I hate this. If someone comes to me and says one, one more time, like, I want to lose, you know, X amount of weight by this date and only takes that. And, you know, I was bossed around a lot by clients because I had no backbone. This is a lot. Sorry. No, you're good. I, this is um, all really good, actually. Honestly. Okay. Honestly. Okay. <laughs> um, so it was like, I think last year, once I started on my own fully, I made the switch from everyone to just women. And that was a big deal for me because I felt like I was cutting off my, like, clientele exposure and my mentor at a time was like well I underrate operate under the I work with men and ladies and that way you're not cutting off 50% of who you can work with but like in reality like guys are great but like I, I'm not like a man hater by any means but like I just don't resonate working with men it's mm-hmm. just the emotionalness like I'm a very emotional person and like not getting feedback from men particularly like they don't give you a lot of feedback on things like I need to know what's going on in your brain and you never can know what's going on in a man's brain even if they tell you you still are like is that actually are you telling me everything like yeah yeah like just recently I had an encounter with a family member and they were thinking about getting a health coach and I am I do not work with family members anymore like no 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 just cannot do that. You probably know the same feeling. <laughs> and um, they were like, oh, do you have anyone you recommend? First thing I said is, do you want a man or a female? Like, what, 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 who do you feel comfortable with? Oh, either or is fine. Okay. So I sent over two trustworthy ladies that I know that can handle their specific situation. And then my husband told me, like, 
oh yeah, he said he like just only is comfortable with a man. <laughs> I asked you. <laughs> just, exact case of cool weight, why yes. I don't work with men. <laughs> yeah, just tell me you would prefer a man. No big deal. Yeah, no big that's fine. I asked you. Yeah. No hard feelings. Yeah, like, most, most um, women prefer women, honestly. There are some women I, that can do the men thing, especially I think in like the body comp world where it, a lot of those coaches are male who coach women, you know, those kinds of things. But I do think that women typically prefer a woman. They under, like, like you're talking about the emotions, men, like think about our husbands, our husbands typically, like if you don't like sit them down and draw them a whole Venn diagram of what that fuck you're trying to say, they're like, I don't get it. Like, yeah, what are you trying to actually tell me, you know? And so it's like, I just feel like Women understand we've been through a lot of the same things. We understand the feelings, the emotions, and they just go yeah. a lot deeper typically than what men have. Not a bad thing. Yeah. Just what makes us different. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. So I made that cut in that cut, that decision <laughs> in like January ish. And that's when I started working with the same mentor that we have, Lacey. And then maybe how long ago was this? I can't remember how many months ago. Maybe three, maybe four. I was like, you know what? I just want to work with women and get them freaking strong. You know, the world is your oyster of health when you are strong, when you have muscle mass. Like osteoporosis, why can't I pronounce it right now? You know what I'm talking about, osteoporosis. Like we, that's in our genetics to get as we age. And like, I just want to help women get strong. That's when the real changes and epiphanies happen when your body is well-fed and strong and confident. And that's what I want to help women do. And I was nervous for this transition and fear of like, oh, I'm going to like scare off women because most of them just want to get toned and, you know, lose a couple pounds. But that's not who I love and feel fulfilled to work with. That's what I've made the shift from, from talking about fad dieting and particularly a lot of that brings on a lot of older women that aren't interested in getting stronger. Mm-hmm. They're just interested in, um, you know, fixing their metabolism, which I completely resonate with. But it's beyond that for me now. Mm-hmm. And I feel way more fulfilled teaching someone how to squat for the first time in their life and watching them get strong and be able to get down on the ground, get up confidently, be confident in their body and feel amazing. So that's where I'm at now is really like, working with those type of women, I've been getting more of them as more months go on, really talking about this and feeling super confident in this like new voice, I guess you could say. And that's where I'm at. No, I, so fun fact, my podcast that, well, at this point will have aired the Friday before the, the new year is literally about why do we keep wanting to become less? We want to be mm-hmm. smaller it's like, we, we don't want to be like, I'm like, start wanting more, like become more strong, become like more confident. Like, why do we keep wanting to do things that make us less than like, I just want to lose weight. Like, this is something I have a really, really, a lot of conversations with my clients. So I typically also work with a yo-yo dieter, always been on a diet, only knows how to diet um, type of person, females. And it's just like, you know, even over Christmas time, that was like a disaster. People were having legit like fucking panic attacks about like office eating and oh my God, and how do I track this? And I'm, just don't, don't track it. It's going to be okay. What What's the worst thing that's going to happen? The scale's going to go up. 
okay. Yeah. You know, and we're so hyper-focused on what that thing is doing that we're missing the bigger picture of everything else, you know, like, so, so it's interesting you talk about that. Yeah. Because becoming, start becoming more, start becoming more, stop becoming less. Like that's like a big thing right now. So I feel it. I feel that. So when you're talking about, you don't obviously specifically now work with people who have autoimmune, but you have autoimmune. I have some clients with autoimmune. I have a sister that has um, rheumatoid arthritis as well Mm -hmm. as um, she was actually, she's diagnosed at a very young age. She also has a form of lupus um, called germanomyositis Mm -hmm. that she also has. And so I feel like, you know, during this time that you were going through this kind of like, what hell, what the hell's going on with me? How did you advocate for yourself? Because I feel like a lot of people don't know how to advocate. Like you're talking about like they, you're crazy. You're just 20. You don't know. Like how did you, or what made you start really just go, no, like something's legit wrong with me. Like how did you find that like push to keep going? Well, I was, I think because I was already so much in the health and fitness world, So I think I already felt like an advocate for myself. I think when you are already someone who works out and is used to feeling a certain way. And I was, I mean, I was Olympic lifting. I was like thinking about getting into that competitively. I wasn't, you know, just like someone who did cardio or do this and that and didn't really notice. You know, the feeling of when you're like really on top of your game and then like something happens. You're like, oh, I feel like crap. Like it's a big difference. Mm -hmm. The healthier you get. And when you start feeling a little bit bad, you feel that difference. So I think for me, I was like, I know this is not in my head. Like, I feel like absolute dog crap. So that to me, I think was really like part of it. And also like, I just knew I'm a very person, much of a person that likes to be ahead on things. Like no matter what, like always finished my homework super early, always did like, I was just that crazy person that like, I would be working on like end of the year. (laughs) This is funny. I think about this end of the year um like bonus points projects at school like before it was even like middle of the year just to make sure i had it like <laughs> or i know i did that that's awesome um just to make sure i was like you know prepared so i was just someone who liked to be like that so i think it was easy for me to try to stay ahead of things and i think just seeing like the blood work and what was going on like i just knew like there's more to this and i think when someone tells you like know and like you're crazy and you feel the difference like you know like down deep in you like you're not crazy like there is something wrong and I think just I don't know just knowing how the health actual industry works with doctors and how they read things I'm like I know these markers aren't normal but I don't feel normal so I just think I felt the inward like I already had that somehow just from being someone who was active and likes to do these things that like I had to like speak up for myself, even though it was like, you know, there's a, call it the white coat something where you see a doctor and they tell you something. That's why like on commercials for like, you know, toothpaste, they have like a dentist in a white coat. And they're like, this is a great toothpaste. And you're like, yes, it is. Like you think that. And mm-hmm. I think that to me, I was just trying not to like fall into that. Cause I just knew deep down, like something is wrong. I can't walk. <laughs> mm-hmm. I can't move. Like, I had, I this on a, um, a reel recently, like, it was so bad that, like, I had the toilet seat razor, like, because I couldn't sit down and get off. Like, there would be, once I got past a certain angle, like, I wasn't getting up. So I knew, like, this is not normal. And maybe if I was 70, 
you know, that would sound normal. Oh, she's 70. Of course she can't sit down and get up fast. No, but I was 20. So I knew it was not right. Right. Yeah. And I think I'm going to point out this thing as well. Like as we're, as you're listening to her talk, this is somebody who she said she was like Olympic lifting. Her body had already been in a place where it was functioning at its like highest level. She was a gymnast. We are not talking about somebody who has been a yo-yo dieter for, you know, 15 years of their life and they're in their mid thirties. And now all of a sudden, everything's getting blamed on hormones or it's my gut, right? Because I want to be really clear that there's a specific difference between somebody who is already an athlete, essentially, like you were, and then goes into this thing and then gets this gut feeling like, hey, something isn't right. And somebody that's just like, I don't want to do the hard work. And so I'm just going to blame this shit on my hormones or I'm going to blame this on my gut because I see that a lot right now is it's all my hormones. I know my hormones are all messed up. Okay, but you're not drinking water. You're not eating protein. You're not moving your body. You're not getting adequate sleep and your stress is garbage, right? So I want to be like super clear here because I see this often. Like there's a difference, like you're saying, between like you were on top of the world at this point. You're talking about potentially going into the competing for lifting, right? Like that was where you were kind of, let's like, I kind of want to have a conversation about that. How do you handle that when people are like, Hey, I think it might be my thing. You know, you're somebody that has experience. I don't, I, I've never had experience like getting this, like, Ooh, something doesn't, something's not right with me gut feeling. And so I don't know how to translate. Maybe, maybe you can help me better translate the difference of like, what are things that somebody should already be doing? And then if they continue to get this gut feeling, then it's like, hey, you might want to get that looked at. Yeah, so I actually have like two clients right now that have some deeper gut health issues that we know we need to tackle. But that doesn't mean there aren't a million things that we can focus on first before we get there. Like I said, I'm not the one that sets out to heal gut health problems, mm-hmm. be that that specified of a coach. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to like connect the dots and do all the like grunt work first that we can possibly do before I need to send them off to someone that can truly help them in that arena. So when it comes to that, when I brought on this one new client and she told me these things, I was like, listen, like I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I can fix your deep, deep gut issues, but you don't get much daily activity right now. Your health habits are like completely out the window. You're not even sure what a protein is. We haven't, we don't know how to move our body, lift weights. There is so much work that we can do first before we need to even touch the blood work and look really deep into those things. And all those things make up to what we need to, like, it's all going to help in the end. Mm -hmm. We might as well start on that stuff first. Um, And I think that's what I, you know, try to tell people. It's kind of funny because it's been how many years? I started Humera. That's what I'm on. Um, like five-ish months after my 21st birthday. So I'm going on almost, it'll be like six years, you know, in like May or something, being on Humera. And the longer you're on it, the less it's going to work over time. And so one of the things I really wanted to do before I turned 30 is figure out my gut health issues. And like, that's what autoimmune diseases stem from. And so I have been like, um, I've been looking and like looking into different gut health coaches. I finally found one I really liked. We're going to start together. And she said, like, for me, she was like, you're in a really good position because you have all the tough shit done. I already eat gluten-free. 
for my autoimmune. I'm already dairy-free. I'm lactose intolerant. I lift weights. Um, I get tons of steps in throughout the day. I get lots of sleep. I drink lots of water. So, like, all those tough things are done. And it's just the, like, finessing and the blow work. But if I, you know, if we were starting from ground zero, it would take a lot longer. Mm-hmm. But the point being of the story is that, like, you still have to do that shit. You still have to get your water and get your steps in low, live relatively low stress, do all those things in order to fix the bigger stuff. Mm-hmm. That stuff's not going to get, like, you're not going to heal these big things without having an actually healthy body and lifestyle that supports healing. Yeah, 100%. And I think, too, people are... Like, you know, it's definitely my gut or I'll just get hormone therapy or I'll just do these things. And it's like those protocols that people are claiming that they think they want are not fun. <laughs> like mm-hmm. gut gut protocol and hormone protocols, they it, like if anybody thinks it's like a fun thing to go do, you're going to be slapped in the face really hard, really fast because you just want to maybe be put on some medicine and just say, okay, I, you can fix me with this medicine, but that is not, yeah. that is not how you fix your gut. That is not how you fix your uh, hormones. So, yeah. you know, people think that this is just like, it's going to be so simple. And it's like, if you can't drink water and eat protein and move your body, you're not going to like this at all. Like, <laughs> like, and I've never, right. I've never been through gut, gut health protocol. I've never been through hormone health protocol. I'm sure I could use at least the gut health. I'm sure everybody probably could, honestly. But it's just like, I already know what it entails. And I only know a minor bit of what it entails from the minor people that I have contact with. But I'm sure it's just not fun, you know. And this was something else, too, that I was, I actually just talked about this on my podcast not that long ago, was... I actually, I had a whole weight loss journey because this is something I wanted to ask you too. If you, if during this time of being unable to move your body, like how did that affect your weight? Did it affect your weight? Okay. So I want to touch on that. But the thing that I was going to touch on that ties into what we're talking about now is that the very first nine months of the, finally, the last time that I began this journey, I, I didn't really see any results and I wasn't really, in my opinion, it was like I was just spinning my wheels still, still. And it was like, oh, this is so frustrating. But then when I like pull back from that 30,000 foot view, it's like, oh, wait. Okay, so, but I'm going to the gym consistently. I'm drinking more water consistently. I'm, I know what a protein is now and I'm eating more of it consistently. Like I'm trying to get better sleep consistently. So even though like I wasn't seeing progress, the moment that I was able to, I was a macro tracker, that's how I lost weight and and started lifting. But the moment I was able to incorporate those super hard things, those hard things didn't seem so overwhelming because I already had the basic stuff kind of nailed. And that's what I spent nine months really focusing on essentially, not realizing it, but that's kind of how that worked. So yeah. Okay, but I want to talk about this. How did that affect your weight during this time or even like your mental state of how this was going to look for you potentially in the end? Like what happened during that yeah. time? Oh, <laughs> that's pretty rough. And I haven't, I'll probably, I'm, I don't mind getting super in deep like where I was mentally because I think it's like people don't talk about it enough. And I certainly haven't talked about it on Instagram because, or on my socials because it was my life for a long time and I wasn't, I wasn't you know, really ready to talk about that at all. Mm-hmm. 
But you can imagine I was, you know, 20 years old when this was happening in like probably the best shape of my life and feeling amazing and lifting and all these things. And then doing a total flip to where I was at a point where I would just sob, like sob for like an hour before I had to go to bed because I knew when I would wake up, I would not be able to move because all of my joints have reached stiffened completely. I'm like very, not very, but I, I've double jointed like my elbows are, my a lot of my, you know, my knees, stuff like that. But it was so bad and you can imagine being double jointed and then I can't open past maybe not even to 90. Mm-hmm. So everything was just, it was from a mental standpoint, watching myself change from healthy 20 year old, full life ahead of you to I'm not even in school now to I can't walk to I'm just literally sleeping at my boyfriend's house like every day and kind of wishing I didn't wake up because I I didn't know what I was doing I was just super freaking depressed wasn't I was in a little bit of therapy but I tried um DBT therapy which is like uh I can't remember what they even stand for but it was a different kind of therapy method did not like it or maybe I didn't like the therapist Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but uh which I'm sure you can relate to maybe I think not being able to walk was probably one of the toughest things I've ever went through because if you've ever experienced this or get gotten an injury, like you don't realize how the little things like, Oh man, I really wish I could go work out. I really wish I could do this. And, you know, and it's really like, you don't notice it when you're like putting up an excuse to like, Oh, I don't feel like doing this. I'm like, this is really tired today. Like, no, you get to do that. Like I know what it feels like to not be able to literally do anything. I had, rails on the side of my bed because I could not get myself up like it was it was rough I had a conversation with my parents saying to them I don't know what's going to happen we need to get nurses like a nurse in the house and thinking like how the hell are we does insurance cover that I don't know like that was like my reality at one point mm-hmm. and, and Joel like said to me like you need to like figure out what you're going to do so from a physical standpoint it was the most infuriating part of my life being super strong feeling great getting through a lot of like body dysmorphia things I dealt with in high school I mean I'm sure you can relate but I feel like we all had Mm -hmm. a low-key eating disorder was I officially diagnosed no yeah do I think I had one probably Mm -hmm. I think we all did it unfortunately Mm -hmm. yes but getting through that and then seeing my body flip completely to I was like 155 pounds which was heavy for me like 30 pounds of pure fat I if this was full it was like a 12 ounce maybe 15 ounce bottle I would not have been able to hold it that's how weak I was like I don't I don't know how to better convey it than I could not do anything so that was really really hard to watch myself go through that at such a young age lose everything your ability motor skills and from a mental standpoint just as hard I definitely had, and this is like, this is like really, really scary, but uh, I definitely had like suicidal ideations because I didn't, I, I just didn't have a will to wake up anymore because I knew when I would go to sleep, I was going to wake up and be in the most pain I could possibly feel in the first maybe three to four hours of that day. So I just didn't want to wake up anymore. Mm-hmm. So that was probably the roughest part was getting through that and then trying to, I don't remember the exact day I made the decision to like, okay, we're going to get through this, but somehow I got there. <laughs> Thank God. Well, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes it 
probably, you know, you get pushed to that point where you're talking about like you don't realize until you have this ability taken away all the things, you know, and I can't say I have experienced anything like that, you know, but uh, about three-ish years ago, I broke my foot. I dropped a 45-pound plate on it, unloading the leg press machine. And somehow out of a miracle way, it was a, they they couldn't even tell if it was a full break. How I, I, my foot should have been shattered. I don't really understand, but it wasn't, but I was non-weight bearing on my foot for six weeks. Okay. For six weeks, I couldn't walk on my foot and uh, my husband was leaving for Iraq. I had three kids. It, it was a, it was an absolute disaster. Anything and everything I felt like that could go wrong, went wrong during that time. But it was just like same concept. Like I just want to go to the gym and I would literally have my niece come and pick me up and I would crutch around the gym and I would do upper body workouts, right? But that's me being able to still move and knowing, okay, I just have to get to this place. I just have to get past the six weeks. I just have to get so my foot can heal. I just have to get... There was not that for you. You didn't have that end. You didn't see light at the tunnel. Like you're just like, tomorrow is just going to be another day of this. And then the day after that is another day of this, you know, and I see, I've seen it with my sister who was hospitalized and all sorts of stuff. We're eight years apart and she was diagnosed when I was like real tiny baby. And so I've seen it even, she had gone into remission, came out of remission. I remember taking so the lupus that she the the lupus that she has is a skin and muscle deterioration, and so it's just like I remember taking aloe and like wiping her face with it, like pure aloe. We would break it off in the bathroom and just wipe her face and stuff. But I remember her not being able to move or not being able to walk up and down stairs. Same same kind of concept. There is no light at the end of the tunnel for that. And she also takes Humira, by the way, um, and she's mm-hmm. she's been on that for five or six years too. And so for her, you know, that's how she lives. Like without this drug, her body probably would not function very well. And she actually, she's 48-ish, almost 48 almost, and just had her hip replaced. And so because she has the joints of a 70, 80, 90-year-old woman, right? That's how her, that's how her joints are, you know, but you had no light at the end of the tunnel. I had to get through six weeks. I had to get through this, whatever it was. And I could see like, once I got to that place, is my foot the same? Nope, not at all. But you know, that ability I could, I was getting back and I knew it was coming. You didn't have that. Mm -mm. No. Yeah, no, it was from like August, I think is when the symptoms started and then I didn't get diagnosed until January. And by that stretch of time, which isn't that that long, it, it just progressed so fast. And I didn't I didn't realize, like, you know, how fast you can deteriorate. Literally, that's what I was deteriorating. I couldn't hold a pan. I couldn't cook food. I couldn't hold a water bottle. I, you know, I, my sister asked if I wanted to go to a concert in January. And I was like, I can't stand. Like, I can't. You know, even going to a restaurant and seeing, like, you know, some restaurants, they have, like, steps, and it's, like, three steps. Mm-hmm. I would just look at that and be like, oh, my God, how am I going to get down those steps? Like, that's to the point where I was, and then starting medication was not really easier, but it was somewhat of a light, but you just don't know. Is it going to work? I don't know. I hope so. So what was your feeling kind of when they're like, hey, this is what you have? 
Like how, like, what did that feel like? I got diagnosed in the worst way possible. Oh, and it's funny because I was talking to my gut health coach about it and she goes, that doesn't surprise me you got diagnosed that way. They really just looked at all of my health markers for whatever they were checking for. And I'm no like specialist on this, so I didn't want to like touch on those. But whatever they were, they were like, well, you tested negative for RA, rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. but this one test, it's an ANA test, and whatever particular reason, they really look at that for autoimmune, came out speckled. And you have psoriasis. So we're just going to assume you have psoriatic arthritis. And just try Humira. We'll see what happens. That's how I got diagnosed. And I went to the Mayo Clinic. I went to the freaking Mayo Clinic. I went to, I don't know, probably half a dozen, maybe almost a dozen different doctors. And they all were dumbfounded. Not sure how you got here. Uh, you know, the, the Mayo Clinic guy was very rude, terrible bedside manner. Um, and he was like, well, you look fine to me because I was on Humira at the time. And I was like, yes, but I think there's something else. And so they just, you know, write you off. And you take the trip down to Ohio <laughs> and they write <laughs> you off. And I was like, hey, that's that. So there wasn't really any, like, there is something actually wrong with you. And I would ask them, like, why? Okay, sure. I have psoriasis. Can we talk about why I have psoriasis? The dermatologist wouldn't tell me, oh, it's some kind of problem. Okay, why do I have it? Do I need to eliminate something? Is there something in my diet that's making me have psoriasis? Can you please investigate why I have psoriasis? Oh, we use the steroid. And I'm like, what's this? Like, I, it was just very infuriating. And a lot of, like, obviously, emotions that brings it back up is, like, very hard to, like, go through that. And I'm sure... If I was in my 60s, 70s, and they're just telling me, do this, do that, I would just be like, okay, yeah, and not mm-hmm. ask any questions because, you know, your life's different at that point. You just want to feel better. So now, like, my quest is to figure out, like, why do I have psoriasis? What is going on in my gut health? Can I get off this medication? They told me I'd have to be on for the rest of my life. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. Now, you take the shot? Is it the shot that you have? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep. And you take it weekly or... Uh, no, it's bi-weekly, thank bi-weekly. God. And I'm also, I was, it's the first shot. I don't, I've never injected myself. My husband does it every time. The first one that we did, it took eight hours because <laughs> I don't like needles. So it's been now years of doing this, but I'm like a needle phobic. I was really bad back then. Um, and also it used to be, there's like a kind of agent in the shot it burns. Mm-hmm. And so the first shot, I wasn't prepared for that. And it burned to hell and back. So now they don't, they have shots without that. It took them years to come up with this. <laughs> but yeah, so now it's less painful, but that's what I was going through. Yeah. I, uh, my sister, I don't like needles either. So she always thinks that's funny. Every time she takes her shot, she'll like try to send me some Snapchat of like <laughs> thinking that I'm going to open. I'm like, ah, I'm not falling for it. I know what this is. Like, yeah. so I'm like you, I, I am not a needle person. So working with your gut, that's kind of your plan to rid of having this medication, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I truly don't know what it's all going to entail because I've never like jumped into this because I I tried to a little bit at the beginning with a doctor, but it just wasn't the right fit, like this doctor to patient wise, um, as well as it was not the right time because I was disintegrating so fast and then the the number one thing need to be like preservation of my joints and I was trying to like 
figure things out, but I was declining so fast. So it was just like, you just got to get on the medication and we can get into remission and worry about this later. And I kept putting off later out of fear. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's scary. Like I can only imagine like who knows what the, what you're going to uncover or what you're going to discover. And I think too, that's a lot of I tend to put things off like that too. Like it's why I have braces at 40 is because I like I almost died at the dentist when I was six. And so like anything, oh. yeah, anything dental, it's like, I'd rather just not. I'd rather mm-hmm. because that's scary. But then at the same time, it's like, what's what's more scary is something happening that you might've been able to prevent or correct yeah. or fix. And it's too late, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, they say... Humera lasts for like five to seven years and I'm like time's ticking like how many more months and years am I like I could wake up you know on my 30th birthday and and not work anymore and so I was just like it's time we have the budget to do this we you know aren't doing like we just have the time to do it so there's no better time than now to get ahead of a problem I know for a fact there will be a day I'll wake up and it doesn't work and that's scary yeah I mean doing it is scary and not doing it because like you're saying it's like you're you're just throwing you're playing Russian roulette right now with once this drug is done then what do I do because yeah and I just I don't want to be there no so I feel you on the whole it's scary it's scary to get information about shit like that and I think I do think that that prevents even like people who are coming into our world, you know, weight loss, you know, doing it the right way, that is scary. Becoming confident and getting stronger, those are scary things when you don't know what you're doing and you don't have any idea as to how this whole thing like looks or what it folds together. Like that's a scary thing in our world, right? What would you tell a client? Same kind of concept, right? Like just do it. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I, one of the last couple clients I took on, you know, I told her, like, I know you want to diet right now, but you are not eating nearly enough for what you're doing. You walk a ton, you work out a ton, you're eating nothing. You have to eat more food. And I remember her being like, that's scary. I'm like, I totally get that. And that's funny because, like, the levels of scariness, like, I'm truly jumping into this crazy, to me, it feels crazy, unknown of mm-hmm. like slowly getting off of medication. And then we have women are, <laughs> that are like, I'm really nervous about eating more protein. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's humorous sometimes, but you have to like, what do you want to do? Keep staying where you're at because if you're comfortable and you're fine with like, you know, being where you're at, struggling to lose weight and not feeling great to like dog poop, you know? because you're afraid to eat more food and possibly feel better. You know, sometimes I tiptoe that line of like just being brutally honest and being like, I understand this is scary, but what you're doing is going to be scary also for your future, like for your body when you, as you age. Yeah. And I don't think that people real, I didn't realize that, you know, and, and I was, I was a, like your typical yo-yo dieter. I got up to 240 pounds and I was just like, yeah, life's great. And it's interesting that we constantly talk about people are comfortable living in these situations, but at the same time, they're uncomfortable as fuck because mm-hmm. they're not happy. They're, mm-hmm. you know, typically the women that come to me are just, they're tired, they're unhappy, they're not confident, and they're mm-hmm. just like, I'm so tired of feeling tired about mm-hmm. this, you know, 
And so I think it's interesting, like, we talk about how, like, you can be, like, I always talk about, like, getting uncomfortable. You have to get uncomfortable. They're they're uncomfortable just in a different way, but they're comfortable because yeah. it's what they know. So. Yeah. I mean, I think about back to, like, when, I don't remember the day, but I remember, I think, the first walk that I took outside when I was like, okay, we're going to get through this. And I went back to um, swimming to, like, get my body back moving. And by swimming, I mean walking down and back in a pool. Mm-hmm. That's what I did because it was obviously less weight my body was carrying and the water made it easier and a little bit of resistance. But, I mean, I, I could have stayed in that toxic bubble of depression and, like, this is easier, me just wallowing in my pain compared to, like, you're going to have to do some tough stuff. Like, it was months and months and months of literally walking in a pool. Like, walking in a pool turn into I started swimming like just to get that was the most I could possibly do mm-hmm. so I think it's like you said if you're comfortable being where you're at unhappy but it's easier than doing the work and getting to the result you want but like I don't know you, I think you also have to have that like is this worth it to you like are you worth living a better life you know I think for a lot of women I feel like a lot of them don't feel worth it I think that's a big point. Don't feel worth it. They don't deserve it. Why do we feel this way? <laughs> I think it's generational. I think a lot of it's generational. Like I look at the way my grandma and my grandpa talked to my mom and it was fucking evil. Like there were times and I think generational. They grew up in the Great Depression. I mean, and just a lot of like I think unworthiness and the way we talk to women, you know, like just looking at old movies, like my husband loves like old movies, like black and white things, you know, during Christmas and I'm, and just watch it. It's just like talking down to women and like just treating them like they don't have like a life worth living. It's just like, you're just there to like cater to people. And I think that's just like, not to like get on this tangent, but I think that's like how things are. And like my mom, I didn't feel I don't think she truly felt worthy of taking her life back until she was in her 50s. She started CrossFit at like 52 and now it works out and feels better and feels great. But like it took her a long time to get there. But yeah, so I think it's a generational thing. Like I think for sure, like watching how my grandma talked to my mom, very like not to like dish out family stuff, but I think it's really generational when she didn't feel like she was worthy of taking back her life and feeling better and watching her be on the other side. It's really nice to see her way more confident and taking care of herself in that way. But I don't think everyone gets through that, unfortunately. Yeah. So I, I see this with my parents. I don't know how old your parents are. My parents are hitting their seventies now. Um, Cause I'm, I'm the youngest of four. I'm going to be 40 soon. And like both of my grandmas were pretty much just caretakers. That's what they did. That's what they knew. And so I see my mom, even though she worked, because, you know, growing up in the 80s and 90s, like that was your typical, your mom was now back at work, but everything was still kind of on her. So my dad worked longer hours. My dad worked, was typically more the breadwinner. And so every, the financial typically fell on my dad and the taking care of everything on my mom getting us to practice getting us here getting us there and I don't think that's really changed even though society has changed some 
I really feel like it's still very much that way. I did notice like I had a lot of clients this past holiday that were just like, well, the expectation is I take care of everything because it's what I've always done. Cool. You get to say, not this year. (laughs) Like you can say at any time, no, I'm not doing this anymore. If you have this expectation, you can figure out a way to make it happen. It's not my job. It's not my responsibility. And I think sometimes just teaching women that they do have the, I don't even know what to call, I don't want to say the right, but like they have the the power, the authority to say, I don't want to do this anymore or I want to go do that thing now. Like it doesn't matter. Even my mom the other day, she had made a comment um, about wanting to learn sign language. Oh, cool. She's like, yeah, it's just something I've always wanted to do. So go do it. You know, now more than ever, there's access to all these things that people want and right at our fingertips. You should probably just, could just go learn online somewhere on some YouTube video teacher. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, you know, so do you find that a lot with your clients now that you've made a shift into just weight loss, you know, doing just weight loss and being a weight loss coach into this more building confidence? Like, do you help coach your clients through that process of like kind of standing up for themselves? I think I've inadvertently done that from the get-go just because I feel like that's just the type of person that I am. Because I think I've always prioritized like the mindset of like, it's time to focus on you. Because a lot of the clients I had in the beginning were like post-menopausal. So they have been doing the fad dieting for years and also like putting everyone else first besides themselves. So that obviously comes with age, which isn't a bad thing at all. It's just you end up working with clients that are like 40s and up. So a lot of those original clients I've had were, you know, 40s, 50s, and finally prioritizing themselves for the first time in their life now that everyone else is taken care of. Mm-hmm. And what and, it's, and I love seeing that for them. I mean, it was great. I still have some of those clients, and they're still continuing to improve their quality of life. But I do see them still struggle during the holidays where, again, they fall back into, I'm number two now. And everyone, everything else has to happen before me. So it's still that like, hey, you can't fall back into old patterns. Like I understand you have these things, but like where can we divvy up things? Where can we release all the things we're trying to do? And now with shifting with basically younger clients and working with women who want to get stronger and start putting themselves now so we don't fall into that pit, I think it's less coaching on like learning to prioritize themselves and more coaching on like the body confidence side and like, you know, working on feeling strong. Cause I think all women still to some degree, we all still, no matter what our age have just wanted to get smaller mm-hmm. and feel better in our clothes. But I mean, if someone told me when I was, you know, I don't know, 12 or maybe 13, like just focus on getting stronger. I think I would have been confused by that. Like I wouldn't know like what that really meant, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think it's like shifting the language and teaching them like, this is why it's really important we get strong now. And it's not just about the number on the scale. Like one client right now, like she went down like two pant sizes and we haven't really lost any weight, but we've just been having much better like training cycle and prioritizing that. So it's definitely less, I would say on the side of like, regaining the, okay, it's finally time to focus on you because 
those clients tend to be older and have been yoga dieting for years. And that's not such my focus anymore. I'm just really focused on like, we're going to focus on these things and like, here's why so we don't fall into those pits later on. So do you think that those clients are become like the clients that are coming to you now don't necessarily have this tie to the scale they're like ah, the scale can kind of do what it want what it wants to do I'm just I legitimately just want to learn how to become more confident with myself with my body and get stronger and so you're not necessarily even coaching on it's okay if the scale goes up a pound and a half that's normal that's this that's like is that Mm -hmm. pretty normal with the new clients that you're you're pulling in yeah, yes and no. I mean, there's always going to be, you know, some people that I think feel one way or another about the scale, especially depending on like their history and their childhood and like family and things like that. But definitely more on that want to get stronger. They want to see the results, but they want to see the work they're putting into the gym. So I was there too. Like you're working out so hard. I'm like, why is my body not changing? Right. Those are the clients that I'm getting now. And it's great because we're not focused on the number on the scale, like getting stronger, getting a pull up for the first time. Like that stuff's fun. Mm-hmm. It's so much more invigorating to me to help one with that than help them, you know, get the last, you know, five pounds off or, you know, that's still invigorating, but it's just like a different way, a different feeling of like the strength in general. But yeah, so much more on, they aren't as tied to the scale as, you know, beginning clients that I've worked with for a long time. Yeah, I mean, because I feel like, you know, doing a pull-up for the first time, uh, that's exciting and it's super fun and it's just a next stepping stone to something bigger and better, right? Like you get to do this thing and it feels fucking awesome and you're elated and it's like, oh, what's next? Like I get to go do this next thing now where it's like, oh, I hit the weight on the scale. I lost the last five pounds. That's awesome. Now what? Now what do I do? Yeah. What, what happens when the scale goes up tomorrow because I didn't poop or I ate too much sodium or I slept like yeah. shit or I'm stressed out or whatever. Yeah. The, like, well, now now I have to lose that pound again. You know, like it becomes yeah. that, that nasty cycle of like, well, okay, you hit your goal weight, but what do you do now? You know? Yeah. It is, it, I think it can be tough. Like, you know, you definitely have battles still when we're going through like, we're really going to focus on eating more food. And if, if you're familiar with them, I'm very sure you are, but the audience, like reverse dieting, and we have to get you to eat more food because you're eating literally below what a toddler is eating right now, and it's just not going to work. And you still get the like, well, you know, I'm really frustrated I haven't lost any weight this week. And it's like reframing the mind. We are not focused on weight loss right now. That's the last thing in, the, in our agenda to do like we have to eat more food because you are literally starving yourself right now mm-hmm. and that's hard work it's hard work to get someone to understand that because they've been so hyper focused on the scale for 20 30 40 years and that can be really really hard to undo and partially why i switched because i don't want to have to undo that work even though like i'm privileged to help those women i'm really glad they are taking that step to do that with me. It's just really hard to undo that work. Yeah. And it, they have to be ready. And I think sometimes yeah. they think they're ready, but then they yeah. get into the nitty gritty and they're like, shit, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. This isn't, yeah. you know, this, there's a lot, um, you know, there's a lot more here 
to do a lot more work to be done. It's not so simple. And it's like, nope, (laughs) you know, it's, it's not. Yeah. We do talk a little bit about reverse dieting and I do have a couple clients that I'm trying to bring up calories and whatnot, but it's, you know, the concept of eat more food, don't worry about the scale, you know, and I have a client currently who's, I'm continuously increasing and increasing and increasing. And finally her hunger cues are like pinging and they're firing, which is great. And she, you know, again, she's the one that had a total panic attack about Christmas dinner. I'm like, but I want you eating more food anyway. Like it's gonna, like, actually this is gonna be very beneficial for me. Like, thank you. Like eat the food, eat all the food, you know? And so I think it's just a, it's a hard shift. It's a hard shift to get people in. So they have to kind of already be in that frame. Like you're snagging on people who are like, you know, I I really don't care what the scale says anymore. Like I'm, I'm ready just to be one badass bitch. Like that's what I'm going for right now. (laughs) You know, and that's, that's a hard, hard, that sometimes can be a hard place to get to when you're so hyper-focused on the scale. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, I want to be a badass bitch, but I also want the scale to say 132 pounds like it was when I was in high school. (laughs) Yeah, that is a hard thing. And I, it's just, I think we're fun to focus on like, let's get strong. Let's like feel really good. And let's not be like uh, a slave to the scale. So hard to do. We could have a whole, like whole episode on the scale. I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's ridiculous that's awesome well we've like I can't believe we hit our hour girl like this has been nuts I know it's been nuts (laughs) anything else that you want to add talk about that we missed anything um Uh, not really I think we covered a lot I know you can always keep it for another one (laughs) I know I love it I love it I really appreciate you uh coming on um, yeah, so I will put in all your information just in the show notes, just because you have like 65 places people can go find you. <laughs> you can just do like Instagram. That's totally fine. You don't it. need to do all of them. It's all the same handle on everything. That's so funny. She's like, I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have eyes. No, I just want to say uh, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate you guys. This is a truly inspiring story for those of you who think you are being punished by having to get up every day and go move your body take it from somebody who couldn't do it and she's doing it now so that's congratulations that's so cool such cool way to thank you way to move through that so all right you guys i will see you all on friday with friday no filter have a fabulous hump day thank you so much for joining me today I appreciate your time, and if you like what you heard, please be sure to screenshot and share it with others who may enjoy it too. Don't forget to click the link in the show notes to see the ways that we can work together to start your journey. Always remember that every day is a new day to do better, be better, and begin again.